This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm an a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time on this show. And this is the first show from our new home, which is the health and wellness channel of voiceamerica.com. So we're really excited to be here. Today, the letter is B, and B is for blowjob. You know, there's an art to an excellent blowjob, in my humble opinion. Everyone has a different idea about the best way to go about giving a blowjob, and of course, each recipient is different and likes different things. But there is one really important tip. The most important part of giving a stellar blowjob, enjoy what you're doing. Enthusiasm goes a long way. Joining me to talk all things blowjob is Stella Anna Sonnenbaum. She's a somatic sexologist and certified somatic sex educator with a busy practice in central London in the United Kingdom. Originally a licensed pharmacist from Berlin, she initially took up Tantra training over 15 years ago when seeking help and advice about how to create more intimacy in the sexless relationship she was in at the time. She founded her company Stella with Love in 2014 with the aim of helping couples and individuals to find more intimacy with each other and added certifications in 2015 and 2016 to gain professional expertise in helping clients address and overcome sexual issues. She feels she's found her love and vocation and gives workshops, lectures, and presentations in order to make this very effective body-based approach better known and to enable people to find more love and pleasure in their lives and relationships. Welcome to the show, Stella. Thank you so much for having me, Laurie. My pleasure. So, um, so we're talking blowjobs this week. And this is one of those, I almost sometimes think this is one of those love them or hate them things, right? Some people, I will include myself in this, just adore oral sex in any form and blowjobs in particular. And other people just really have a problem approaching this. Have you found that? Well, you see, I started really late in life, and we're real, I'm really talking midlife. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering why that is, because obviously, like my clients come to me, and they start really have started really early, and I think generally giving blowjobs is on the rise, and experts uh, are not really. I'm not really sure what that's due to. Is that a fear of getting pregnant, of STIs, of uh, HIVs, even though you can contract STIs also via blowjobs? So what is that due to? So I grew up in Germany, small town Germany. And, you know, there was the odd um, saying on the toilet wall, but I, I didn't really... Uh, I never heard of anybody engaging in blowjobs and also later on in my 20s. So did we have a different attitude then or is it just me? What do you think? Well, I think it's really funny because, um, so I'm 56 and I grew up in the U.S. in um, suburban New Jersey. And I certainly knew about blowjobs as a teenager. Um, in fact, um, I started quite, I started uh, sex quite young and um, I had this, this desire not to have um, intercourse before I was 14 years old. Because somehow in my head, that was like a watershed, like you're a slut if you have it below 14, but you're okay if you have it above, I don't know. So I had this boyfriend and it was 10 days before my 14th birthday when we finally got to the stage of really uh, being aroused with each other and really wanting to do something. And I'd never given a blowjob before. And he was just like, well, okay, I understand you don't want to, you know, give up your virginity. That's cool. I get it. Why don't you try this? And I remember that first blowjob. I found it amazing instantly right? Like I really took to it, but I'm very oral and I like to taste things. So, and he was very clean. 
um, and he smelled nice, you know, mm-hmm. so it was, and he was smooth, you know, so I really remember that the whole, the, I can bring the whole experience back and it was a really wonderful experience. I also need to thank him. I, I have no idea if he'd ever be listening and I don't necessarily want to say his name on air because I don't want to embarrass him per se. But unlike many of the people that I've worked with and many of my friends over the years, I had absolutely wonderful um, first blowjob experience and first intercourse experience because his parents were divorced. And so his mother was okay with him bringing me to his house and to his room and closing the door and she wouldn't just walk in. So I had my first experiences in bed. I then, you know, did stuff in cars and whatever, which is what we all did then. But but my first experiences weren't rushed. They were they were very measured. Um, and so there was time for me to get comfortable. And yeah, so I, I certainly, that was my thing. Um, I was really surprised the first time I met a man who didn't like blowjobs. Wow, that is such a thing, huh? There is such a thing. Wow. I was married to somebody who didn't like blowjobs. Uh-huh. I was shocked. I was shocked as shit. And he's like, don't do that. I'm like, excuse me? What do you mean don't do that? So what was the reason? As in like not, re- not wanting to receive pleasure? He was never able to tell me. And we were really not sexually compatible. So um, without being told and, and, and not, not really getting an idea of what the problem was for him, I pretty much withdrew. I was poly in that relationship. So I, I, you know, I had the ability to, to try and get my needs met, which is what I did because I, it, it was, um, it was just a, a bad for compatibility. There was no compatibility there at all. You, you know, I mean, I don't have a penis, but I imagine it takes a lot of trust to put your penis into, into a mouth. Yeah. With teeth. Well, you know, so that's an interesting one. I agree. Um, so there's a, there's loads of debate often about whether giving a blowjob is a submissive or a dominant act. Hmm. And so when you talk to, to talking to women a lot of the time, what they'll say is, well, yeah, I have teeth, right? So I'm in control there. Gay men sometimes say that and sometimes don't. So it's always interesting to me the way people see where the power is in the act. Um But yeah, it does take a lot of trust to put your penis in somebody's mouth when they have teeth. And you know, I had never considered that. I just read the statistics that about like 30% of women found the act of fellatio empowering. And it had never crossed my mind because I see it as an act of ravishing and worship. Yeah, me too. So, but, but, but it was when I was talking with somebody who said, yeah, but I have teeth and I'm, I'm giving the pleasure and it's like, oh, okay. All right. But also, I think there is that other part to it as well, which is, is, you know, sometimes somebody just lies back and receives and they do give you the control over bringing the pleasure. But, you know, you can be giving a very active blowjob with an active participant, um, re- receptive participant who's grabbing your head and pushing your head down and things. And then, you know, then it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. They're definitely in control and you're not. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I think it depends on the person, really. Yeah, and it depends on the position as well, maybe. Um, so I heard, for example, like uh, extreme feminists saying, well, it's, n- it's not nice for a woman to kneel in front of a man. And it's true, if it's like on concrete, <laughs> it would be very nice to do that. The advantage of this kneeling position in front is the kind of like a, a worshipping in a way. And also then we can deal with clothes in a very erotic way. Yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff. You also have access to the, to the man's ass. And perineum, and and in certain other positions, you don't have as easy access. If I've got both my hands free, Mm -hmm. because of the position that I'm in, I'm not having to hold myself up. So I've got both my hands and my mouth to work with. Mm -hmm. So we're a couple of minutes from break. Um, We're going to continue this when we come back, because I think positions is a really interesting thing to be talking about. But... At this point, I want to remind you guys again all about my favorite vibrator. Um, and the O-Wand is elegant, cordless, completely waterproof, yay, and super powerful. It's got four speed, seven programs, and a completely ergonomic handle. I think this wand vibrator is incredible, and it beats the magic wand by a mile. Um, this is a great one to use in combination with a blowjob. It's fabulous to use on the perineum 
or just around the anus. So we're not talking about insertion. We're just talking about creating vibration in the area. And it'll really, really up your game. For a 10% discount, head over to www.mrandmrstoy.com and put in the code DRLORI10. And when we come back, we will continue this conversations about blowjobs and positions. Looking forward to it. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How much health and wellness information have you been exposed to today? Listen to Prescription for Success with Dr. Emil Haldi. Healing and empowerment start from within, but it also takes the best knowledge and advice. That's what you'll find here. Dr. Haldi and his guests will help you make the right life-enhancing decisions for well-being success. Tune in live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Prescription for Success. Your sex energy is your life energy. That's a central focus of The Conscious Living Show with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sexual life is a barometer for your physical, mental, and intimate relationship health. If something is out of whack, by listening, you may be able to identify the problem and fix it. And it's not always about the sex. Tune in to The Conscious Living Show, broadcasting live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. This is the A to Z of Sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of Sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. It is the second segment of B, and B is for blowjob. And I am talking with Stella Sonnenbaum. And um, before the break, we were talking positions and different positions for um, giving a blowjob and, and what, what um, how that changes the experience. So you were saying that, you know, um, some feminists have issues with kneeling. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I identify as a slave and I'm in a 24-7 power exchange. So uh, kneeling is kind of part of the job. Um, it's, it, it's integral in the job description. Although as I've gotten older and kneeling has become more difficult, you know, we found alternatives. But, um, but there is something for me about a blowjob being worship. Oral sex for me, it doesn't matter the gender of the partner. Oral sex for me is always about worship. It's a way of creating pleasure and it's an amazing experience. So, um, so kneeling is a really good position. But as we were saying before the break, if you've got your hands free in that position, you have easier access to other other bits. I'm always amazed at how often um, people Im- avoid or ignore or just don't know the balls. They leave the testicles alone. They forget they exist. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And they're so amazing as part of a blowjob. I mean, to me, a blowjob includes testicles, includes perineum, and it also includes rimming if somebody is is willing to let me and that's always an interesting issue you know i think people think that uh, a blowjob is touching with the mouth only mm-hmm. and i got that wrong because i wasn't aware that you need lube yeah uh, 
eat lots of saliva simply. And I didn't even realize that saliva could be lube. You know, it's just like making that step. And uh, okay, there's lots of saliva at hand, lots of saliva at hand, which is tasty because it's our own saliva. And there's nothing wrong with like using the hand and the mouth. And that can be really fantastic. And then we can use the hands on other areas as well. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, size is an issue for a lot of people um, and gag reflexes. And, you know, of course, pornography shows deep throating and all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and it's nice when you can do it. You know, it does take a lot of practice to be able to relax your throat and allow that to happen. Um, for many people, it just brings up primal fears. So it's not even about the person being forceful. It's just... You know, they just can't get past that bit. Um, I think actually the primal fear is also part of the intimacy. So to be touched, you know, when we touch primal fear in our partners, yeah. touching them really intimately, really we need a lot of trust to allow that and to encounter that gag reflex. Yeah, and to, al- and, and to allow and keep going mm-hmm. and not immediately pull back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that, but there's also, you know... The reality is, is that, that um, people who have penises are all different sizes. Um, and um, g- guys and gals, you do realize you can give oral sex to somebody who has a strap on and still create a really sensual, erotic experience for the recipient. The fact that it, the dildo doesn't have nerves in it does not mean that it's not pushing against all the areas that does. So um, I have frequently given oral sex to people who do not have flesh penises and it's still a blowjob. It's the same, you know, so, um, but, um, you know, people can range from being quite narrow, for example, in some ways and, and with not much girth and somebody who's, you know, might not be very long, but might have a lot of girth might be difficult or somebody who's just very well hung could be difficult. And it depends on the size of your mouth and how wide you can open your mouth. You can do some stretching, but you have limitations built in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a lot to be thinking about if you really want to make the experience as good as it can possibly be beforehand. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be thinking so much during. During is feeling, but there's a lot to consider. Yeah. Um, have you come across any men who just thought, no, I don't want a blowjob. I don't trust a woman with. Never. But then my experience, like I say, I only started <laughs> with blowjobs like a middle age. So I'm probably not very representative. Huh? Yeah. I've, I've been giving blowjobs for a very long time. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize how long it had been until I thought about it. Yeah, um, it's, 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 um, I still find it fascinating that, you know, that some people will find it, um, that it puts them in control, the person who's giving, and other people will find it that that they're submitting or surrendering by doing it. And it's just such an interesting juxtaposition. I want to invite listeners to please send in any tips that you have for what do you think Stella is it, it makes for an expe- especially amazing blob? If the person is standing and dressed, then I would say sensual play, sensual undressing. So to approach, first of all, not to touch the penis at all. So to approach like very, very carefully and um, to start uh, you know maybe standing from starting from standing and then gliding down the mm-hmm. body. And um, the undoing of the belt and, and the, the unzipping of the trousers and the, everything is like a, uh, it's very arousing because the eroticism is the anticipation of sexuality. And that can be much more arousing than everything else. So we can tease people by touching the penis, not at all, first of all, and kind of licking everything around it uh, before we actually come to the penis. Hmm? So, okay, so I would agree with some of, I would agree with that, although I, I, I'm trying to think. For me, what, brought, what you brought up, there was an image I had of, the first time he took off his belt, which was like probably one of the hottest things ever was. It was just a particularly, it just struck me uh, and I was on my knees. And, 
And so, yeah, there's a whole thing about addressing that can be really erotic. I love to start somewhere else. Um, I think that one of the best ways of engaging in oral sex is to actually cover the body instead of starting um, straight for a penis or straight for a vulva or even straight. Kissing is, you know, underrated. Spending time kissing and, and, and around the face and the neck and then moving down slowly. Um, and, and, and also edging with a blowjob, you know, bring the person to the edge of orgasm and then back them off, bring them to the edge of orgasm and back them off. Clearly you need consent for that because otherwise people get very frustrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I agree with you about um, the whole body aspect. Yeah, no, a whole body aspect is fabulous. Um, so are there things that um, you would say are definite no-nos when it comes to oral sex, when it comes to blowjobs? Yes, um, a no-no is uh, thrusting without consent. Thrusting without consent can be, uh, it, it's a very, so it, uh, we, we have no control about the gag reflex and um, that, that can be very tricky. Okay. Um, and and, and I, I would agree with that. So that's a no-no from the point of view of the person receiving. Um, I would say that um, um, using teeth without consent is definitely a no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some men will find it surprising to hear that I'm even saying one might use teeth. Um, I actually learned that from um, a gay male friend of mine um, when I was quite young, um, that the judicious use of teeth with consent can really raise the intensity of a blowjob. Um, but it's something you have to discuss and have consent for. That's so interesting. Would you use the teeth on the shaft or on the glands or both? Um, I tend to use, well, I use the teeth on the balls. I use teeth on the shaft. I don't, uh, the, sorry, the teeth on the glands um, or the tip of the head because the, the higher degree of sensitivity, unless somebody says, yes, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but um, it, it's more of a, I, it's kind of a scrape, so not a bite. It's like a scrape over the teeth, a graze over the teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the balls, it's a nibble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's definitely something you've got to talk about in detail before you do. <laughs> yes, I imagine, yeah. <laughs> so Jeffrey wrote in and said he's, um, he's a bisexual male, and he said that one of the best things in giving a blowjob is to use one or two fingers for, um, for the ass and put one or two fingers up the ass. I would agree that this could be a lot of fun and add an extra dimension. But again, this is something that often takes quite a bit of discussion, particularly if it's a heterosexual male, because quite a few um, heterosexual men have trouble with having their um, asses played with or fondled or penetrated or touched in any way. Yes, definitely. It's a consent issue because uh, it could be rape, that, huh? Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely a consent issue. Um, and you wouldn't want to traumatize your partner. Um, we are a couple of minutes from break. If you want to explore your desire and create and maintain the relationships of your dreams, you could sign up for a strategy session with me. I do a 30-minute free strategy session. And in order to sign up, you go to bit.ly forward slash 30. That's three zero minutes, Dr. Lori Beth. So 30 minutes, Dr. Lori Beth, do go ahead and sign up today and we can get you on track for creating your ideal intimate relationship. When we come back from the break, we will talk further about blowjobs and oral sex. And I want you guys during the break, please write in your best tips. Um, Feel free to ask questions and feel free to describe your best oral experiences and your worst ones. I look forward to reading them all. Back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. 
You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this is segment three of B is for blowjob. And I'm talking with Stella Sonnenbaum all about blowjobs and oral sex. And I did say before the break, I encourage people to write in with tips and comments. So uh, one person wrote in and said, teeth are fecking hot, (laughs) which I thought was great. Um, there's, there's at least one man out there who thinks teeth are the bomb. Um, and then, um, also ice cubes in the mouth are good too. And I think that's a great tip. Temperature play is so much fun. And so, you know, it's not that difficult to do. Um, it's harder if you try and put really large ice cubes in your mouth, do some crushed ice, crushed ice and a hard penis together. Excellent. I can see some people are like ice. Oh my god! No, really, it's 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 a lot of fun, and it's it's a really um, interesting experience. I know um, another one that somebody's written in, and it suggested was um, popping candy, you know, fizzing candy in your mouth. Have you ever tried something like that, Stella? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, but I also think it's uh, you know, it maybe for me it would be confusing, and then I would um, maybe accidents of accidentally swallowing, and then coughing, and then it's. Uh, oh. I don't think for me, it would even be safe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I like doing stuff like that. Um, you know, again, you 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 know, you don't have. You need to be careful when you do stuff that you you've discussed stuff with people and and that you've got consent. But something like popping candy doesn't usually bother people. They don't usually get upset if you haven't gone chapter into and verse into the fact that you're going to put this in your mouth and then put their penis in your mouth. However, ice cubes without consent does not usually go very well. Because <laughs> it is a bit of a shock. <laughs> I imagine it would be. <laughs> but that sensation of having the cold and then the hot mouth and then the cold and then right, it's a really interesting sensation. And you were mentioning earlier, Stella, about um, you know saliva and um, and and saliva being lube that tastes good to us because it's our own. Yeah. And and and, and talking about having you know, copious saliva. And I wanted to highlight the fact that um, some people have conditions that cause um, them to have rather dry mouths. So they don't have as much saliva as, as they might want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's the case, um, reserve the saliva for mouth work and then add lube for any hand work that you want to do. 
you can do a combination and that will work too. Oh, I got another tip just came in. Um, Jello is an interesting experience too. Now I have not tried that. So gelatin. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, there's like really um, uh, interesting tasting lube out there as well. So it's a matter of like trying what you like. It doesn't have to be saliva. Let's talk about safe sex for a minute. Um, so you did mention this in passing before that um, you, you weren't sure why um, uh, blowjobs have become even more popular recently and wondered whether part of it might be people thinking that, you know, it was safer than um, other types of sex. Um, I, I, I do think that um, the surge in blowjob popularity in part comes from um, the idea that, uh, at least with younger folk, the idea that you're keeping your virginity, in quotes, and still able to have sex. Um, or, you know, Bill Clinton famously alluding to the fact that a blowjob wasn't sex. So you know, a lot of people don't define it as actual sex. So I think that's part of it. I also think people have the mistaken understanding that, um, that it's safe from a disease perspective. It certainly is safer. There are lots of things it's harder to catch with oral sex, um, but there are still plenty of things you can catch. And so the recommendation is use a condom. Um, I have given blowjobs over condoms. It's not the same experience. Most people, I think, Laurie, would never consider using a condom in oral sex. And so that's, um, it's something that doesn't even occur to people, even though a lot of STIs like gonorrhea, chlamydia, um, can be transmitted via via oral sex. Yeah, you may not get pregnant uh, from giving or receiving oral sex, but uh, STIs, yes, there is a there's a lesser chance of catching uh, HIV, but you can catch, for example, HPV and then pass it on to other people. Indeed. So um, I, I think um, I think it depends on the population of people you hang around with. And if you are part of the LGBT community you're more likely to have um, run into other people who in fact use condoms during oral sex. Um, I, um, I really, even the flavored condoms are not nice, uh, you know, just saying, I mean, it, it, the texture is not nice. Um, it's different. It's different than using a condom vaginally or a condom anally, which, which to me is far more manageable than for oral sex. However, um, if I, because I have multiple partners and if I am having a, a casual partner or, or somebody new or somebody that's not, you know, part of a testing group of mine, I will use a condom for oral sex just because it's, it's lowering of disease risk. What I remind people is, is that everything has risk and the idea is for you to risk assess and for you to make a decision how much risk you're willing to take. So as Stella points out, Yes, the, the incidence of contraction of HIV is lower through oral sex. And therefore, if that's the only thing you're focusing on, then um, you might make the decision that, that you're willing to take that risk. Um, and that's acceptable. You are allowed to make that decision in conjunction with your partner. But you should know all the facts in terms of making that decision. And that's all I, I want to encourage people to do. And to realize that there are quite a few diseases we pass on orally, including ones that may not be sexual. So, for example, oral herpes, which is, which, you know, the vast majority of the population has. It's the common cold sore. If you've got a cold sore or, you, or it's just going away or it's just coming, you can pass that on to a penis while you're given a blowjob doesn't matter that it's not genital herpes. It's an oral to genital transmission because it trans transmits the virus. Don't care. Right. So you need to be aware of that. So what do you think? Um, what is your top three tips, Stella, for giving a blowjob? I think I, I come uh, I come across uh, partners who do not uh, so party partners who do not like 
giving oral sex to each other because they are they are married, they are good friends, but they don't like each other's uh, uh, taste or smell. Oh, uh, taste or smell is like an important uh, uh, signal whether we are compatible or whether we have chemistry. Yeah? But it does. Some some people are just matched like that, and so they may have like oral sex with their other partners, but not with a husband or wife. And what I recommend then is to mask the smell or the taste by using something that you find really yummy. For example, whipped cream or chocolate sauce or something really nice to put on the body and to lick it off. Absolutely. The other thing is um, uh, about um, people think, I think, uh, I think um, giving oral sex among female teenagers is also on the rise because as women, we get socialized about pleasing our partners. And it seems that that is a phenomenon that's become more prevalent. And so we get pleasure via uh, the other person's pleasure. However, uh, oral sex, giving oral sex, can be like very pleasurable ourselves. So it's about like concentrating on the sensations in the mouth and also like almost feeling the plate change and playing with this gag reflex. And, you know, the, the viscosity of the saliva seems to change. So there's all kinds of really interesting phenomena. And so concentrating on our own sensations and mm-hmm. to make it really pleasurable for us because ravishing can be pleasurable. It doesn't all have to be indirect via seeing the pleasure of our partner. Mm-hmm. And my suspicion is that a lot of teenagers just concentrate on the pleasure of their partner. I, I think you're right. And I think the research suggests that that's what's going on um, and that women still don't, um, aren't learning to focus on their own pleasure at this point. Um, uh, and so I, this is one of the reasons I think it's so important to talk about this frequently is that we need to remember that um, we can gain pleasure out of doing as well. And again, not just from the um, pleasure our partner receives, but actually from the physical sensations or the power it gives us that the, the feelings of power internally um, can also give rise to quite a bit of pleasure. That's so true. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Laurie. You know, we often talk about submissive females, but, you know, there are dominant females too. And, um, and dominant women will often give blowjobs as part of their domination, sometimes to tease, sometimes to bring someone to the edge, sometimes it's the way in which they do it. Sometimes um, uh, I have a friend who um, absolutely adores that um, um, predicament, putting someone in a predicament, like knowing that um, her um, submissive partner is really sensitive to blowjobs and that he will reach orgasm really quickly when being stimulated that way. And she'll tell him, if you come, you're in trouble. And then she'll start sucking on him. Wonderful. That sounds really enticing. I like that. Yeah, this is a great time doing that. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things we need to remember is that when we're talking blowjob, we, um, you know, we're, okay, so there are probably still some people out there who hear the term blowjob and think you're blowing on the penis. Um, don't be embarrassed if that's you. If you haven't had experience, how would you know different? Um, that's not what is actually being talked about, although you can use that. Blowing on somebody's penis um, um, into their anus, um, on their balls, the hot breath, allowing them to feel the hot breath can be really, really exciting. So when you're doing, giving a blowjob, you'd be sucking, you can be licking, you can be nibbling, you can be holding and not actually moving. There are, there's actually quite a lot that you're able to do with your mouth before you even add in the hands. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie, for saying that. It's, I think it's so crucial that people take time, that it's not, not a rush thing that they do. Take time to experience the, their, their own senses. Take time also to look into your partner's face, whatever position you're in. To see, well, you know, how do they look? What, you know, what, to check in, to have some eye contact. There's these beautiful uh, Kama Sutra um, illustrations um, where you see the woman kind of like bending back in an impossible position, but still the eye contact is there. 
Absolutely. Um, we're a couple of minutes from break. When we come back um, for our last segment, we'll talk some more about this. We'll talk about swallow or not swallow, swallow or spit. We'll talk about all of that. Um, and, um, but I, I want to leave you before we sign off for the break with this thought that it's not only eye contact, but that's a way of reinforcing presence. And so it's great to really be fully present with this activity and reinforce that presence by making eye contact that deepens that um, the sexual pleasure, the sensual pleasure, and it deepens the overall intimacy and can make a blowjob an absolutely favored experience for both partners. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words for our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the final segment of the A to Z of Sex this week with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And it is B, and B is for blowjob. And I am talking with Stella Sonnenbaum about blowjobs. And I said before the break that one of the things that we will talk about is spit or swallow. And this is always a really big issue. If you're not using a condom and you are actually going to give a blowjob until the partner with a penis ejaculates, what do you choose to do? I think a lot of women hold back from uh, oral sex, from giving oral sex, because they are unsure how they would react if the partner would actually ejaculate into their mouth. And so what I usually say, if you're not sure whether you would like the taste uh, next time your partner ejaculates, just like put your finger into it and lick it because it usually, it, it looks, it doesn't look in, enticing when it's like on the bed sheets or something like that, but it, it usually the taste is quite, quite fresh and it's, it's pleasant. And um, so, but it's, it feels a bit vulnerable to, to just like, like have a whole load in the mouth and not quite sure what the taste is going to be like. I don't know what your take is on that. So I think that, um, you know, first of all, I think you're right. I think when people are frightened uh, about what it's going to taste like or if they're going to like it, um, they do hold back. Um, I do think that, you know, sometimes it tastes good, sometimes it doesn't, but you can swallow rather quickly. And um, for me, 
the act of spitting out something that somebody, somebody's, you know, evidence of somebody's pleasure is problematic, right? Uh, I totally understand if you don't like the taste, then don't, then don't allow your partner to ejaculate in your, in your mouth. Um, then have them ejaculate somewhere else and that that's acceptable. But actually turning around and spitting it out is, is such to me feels like such a huge negative statement, even if it's only on an unconscious level and such a huge rejection that I just advise women to never do that, that, you know, they're just better off having their partner come somewhere else. Um, and, and, and remembering that, you know, it's not that the taste isn't going to stay in your mouth very long if you swallow. The mm-hmm. idea is to swallow, not to treat it like you're um, doing a wine tasting or a whiskey tasting and swirl it around in your mouth. You're supposed to swallow. Having said that, um, you know, sometimes it tastes wonderful and you do want to savor it. And it is, you know, delicious and exciting. It is also very healthy for you, apparently. So uh, part of the tantric cocktail, so the tantric cocktail was semen and uh, menstrual blood. So I don't want to encourage the listeners to to try that. (laughs) But semen itself has like zinc and calcium, uh, potassium, fructose, proteins. And it's, it's it's very good for health, actually, to swallow that. It's like the kind of like vital... So like a vital juice. And so it's, uh, yeah, so why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean in the, the, the tantric cocktail that you speak of is also the same formula for um, a ritual elixir and various other magical systems and is considered very potent and very powerful. Um, you know, it's, uh, the joke always was, you know, that, it, that it's, it's your shot of protein for the day. And yes, there is quite a bit of protein in it. Um, Again, you know, tastes and smells vary very widely. Uh, certainly, the taste and the smell does vary according to what your partner eats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, some things produce fairly noxious odors and noxious tastes, and other things don't, and it varies from person to person. So, it is worthwhile looking at diet and discussing if it's something you want to do and you're not able to just kind of deal with it and swallow. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to another um, issue that I think is really important to remind people of, hygiene. Hygiene is really important. Not necessarily, I'm I'm not saying hygiene is important from a germ perspective, though of course it is. But hygiene is important from your partner wanting to put their head down there and their mouth on you perspective. So um, fresh sweat frequently, um, fresh sweat from a, a partner is frequently a turn on, not a turn off. Um, but not always, uh, but frequently is. But certainly stale sweat almost never is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had clients who have talked about um, men who did not learn well how to clean their penises, um, um, and particularly men who have foreskins who haven't learned how to clean their penises well and how um, difficult it was to actually raise the issue with them because they didn't want to go near them. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, I imagine the smell was really off-putting. Yeah, and the taste. Everything was off-putting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that needs to be raised because then, then it's, it's no fun giving oral sex if, if the smell itself is repulsive. Yeah, no, not at all. And, um, and it's no fun, um, you know, if, if the taste... Yeah, yeah, I've had somebody else write in that says semen is flavored by the body, so what the guy eats is what it will taste like, and I agree with that, although I would say that, um, you know, if, if you have certain reactions, each of us has different reactions to different foods, so it may be that um, there's something that you eat that um, in another guy wouldn't cause a bad taste, but for your body it might. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, hygiene is really, really, really important. And um, so I would encourage people to incorporate washing in their ritual with each other. So you could take a shower together or you can, you know, wash each other, you know, bring a bowl with warm water and a mild um, uh, soap sometimes. Sometimes you don't even need a soap. It's just a matter of washing away the sweat with warm water. And you can incorporate that into your play, into the pre-oral sex part of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great idea. 
Um, it, it, it makes it much easier than having to go through a whole confrontation with somebody um, uh, fearing to embarrass people. And sometimes, you know, you know, your idea of clean and my idea of clean might be totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and believe it or not, we are four minutes from the end of the show. Um, so anything that you absolutely think, Stella, that listeners need to pay attention to in order to give the best blowjob possible. If you trust your partner and you've uh, engaged in oral sex for a while, uh, try thrusting. Thrusting can feel quite vulnerable, but if you are into surrender, uh, as the person who receives the penis in your mouth, it is a beautiful experience and brings, brings us very deep, actually, as people who receive it. Um, and um, so communicate with your partner because you may not be able to communicate why this is happening, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's important. I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, that. It's incredibly hot. It's an incredibly deep connection. Um, and so I'd agree with that. But I'm going to come back to my biggest piece of advice. My biggest piece of advice is enthusiasm. If you love what you're doing, your partner will love it. So take your time so that you can love it. Explore. So find the things that really turn you on about it. And that will raise the excitement for your partner. And I would say, um, don't forget the ass. And don't forget the balls. Make it... um, And the nipples. Reach up and tweak a nipple. I mean, make it as much of a full body experience as you can. Um, Stella, I want to thank you for joining me. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Laurie, for having me. My pleasure. Guys, thanks for listening today. If you've got more questions, do email me at lauriebeth at drlauriebethbisbee.com. Please, if you've got an idea for the show, send it in. I'm always looking for a new good idea. And next week, join me for the letter C. C is for creativity, and I'm being joined by the incredible Tabitha Rain who's the creator of Ruby Glow and writes amazing erotica. So I'm really looking forward to share that with you. We're going to talk all about how you can increase creativity in your sex life. Have a wonderful week and have a lot of hot and intensely sexy fun. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.